Welcome to High Heels Happy Hour. Welcome, welcome. I'm still Christina. And I'm still Ingrid. And this is our first nighttime recording. We usually record during the day, but today we're recording in the evening because it just worked out better. So, so we have wine. Wine coffee. Instead of coffee, we have wine. Cheers. Cheers. So it is really happy hour. Um, and how was your week? A week was great. Uh, Marcella's a little under the weather, mm. so this week has been a little off. Mm-hmm. But other than that, nothing eventful. Okay, busy at work. That's and, good. Um, yeah. How about you? Um, I came back from parents' weekend in Atlanta with my son's oh, college. Yes. It was great. I also uh, just tonight got my thermography report back, and everything was normal. We're going to talk more about that today. It's today's subject. But that always makes me really happy when you get reports back <laughs> that everything's good. So I'm like, oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Mm. And on that note, since you're the one talking now, what's your life hack? Oh, okay. So, you know, way back, like, first or second episode, you said, oh, I put protein powder in my coffee. And I thought, hmm. Okay, so that's my new hack. Is... <laughs> that is that's a cow. Yes. So, but I so now I started putting protein powder in my coffee. But I made a discovery. It has to be whey, whey protein. It cannot be plant based or anything else. Okay, I'm sorry because but that does it not, does not mix. No, that doesn't count. It does come. No, it's it's your new like yeah, it is. Your, it's like your new yeah, adventure. But to I, I now me. I have I have discovered <laughs> it too. So now it's a double hack. Yeah. Yes. So and I recommend chocolate. I need flavor. to drink some wine. No, that's what I said. <laughs> I tried banana. It was not good. I told you it did has not to work be chocolate. In it has to be whey. I didn't know. Oh, I didn't remember that because I tried. I, I had a. I'm a gonna plant. go drink my wine. I had a pea protein <laughs> chocolate powder. Yeah. That was disgusting. Did not it did not work. So anyway, what's your hack? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I'm laughing really hard. So mine uh-huh. is probably a hack and a tip. You're not crying. You're I crying. am. I am. You made me laugh really loud. Yeah. Um is to brush your teeth before skincare especially if you use really good kind of expensive serums a lot of people i did a survey and Uh they brush their teeth after skincare i do i brush my teeth after okay so this is your third fact because you're putting all these serums on and Uh then you're brushing your teeth and using water to rinse off what you just put on but i i don't brush my teeth no but you like you wash no i just go well, Christine, okay. okay, with the exception of Christina. Okay. okay. If you're sloppy brusher, then you need to do your skincare after you brush your teeth. Okay. I think yes. you're far away from the mic. Okay. So, so all you <laughs> sloppy brushers out there, pay attention. <laughs> uh, and enjoy I think your we're coffee. even funnier in the evening. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Uh, so, we're going to go into a serious. But also um, super important and something we 
all us women deal with on a daily basis topic today, which is breast cancer. Yeah, it doesn't exclude and breast cancer, men either. No, absolutely. Uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness. And we want to talk about some alternative screenings that is not common knowledge that we uh, have our fabulous guest and also she has some great tips on how we can do preventions by ourselves at home which are super awesome that we heard um a couple of years back she uh, spoke at a luncheon and those were great tips so we want to share so why don't you ingrid tell everyone a little bit about our fabulous guest all right so katie ansley is the owner of the no is the owner and thermographer of Thermography of Brevard, LLC. Katie is an 11-year breast cancer survivor, 11-year cancer survivor, and she is passionate about, about helping women prevent breast cancer. As a former teacher, she believes education is the key to preventing disease. She believes learning how to reduce stress, oh, gosh, I need that, remove environmental toxins, supporting the body, and Thermography screening will help prevent disease. So without so, further ado, Katie, come on down. Yeah. 11 years. How yeah. awesome is that? Thank you. Yes, I'm very excited and I'm happy to have reached that milestone. That's great. And thank you for being here recording with us at night. There was some, well, you're a very busy woman, especially in October. So um, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, Katie, why don't you start with telling us a little bit about your uh, kind of breast cancer story? And uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like you said, 11 years ago, at the young age of 33, mm -hmm. without any family history um, and no reason to think about breast cancer, um, I was diagnosed with uh, invasive breast cancer. Um, I had had a routine mammogram about a year and a half prior, and it was clear. I also had had an ultrasound, and it was clear, and a biopsy, and it was clear. Wow. And, um, and then fast forward about a year and a half later, and I felt a lump myself and went in for the routine screenings that they do, which are mammograms and ultrasounds. And it was immediately detected. I mean, it was a pretty large tumor by that point and had spread to my lymph nodes. So uh, the action was pretty quick on what we did and getting treatment. And, and I had a mastectomy and I had chemotherapy. And then I had a year of, um, it was a type of chemo that was to block the hormone. It was hormonally driven by HER2 positive. So uh, chemo for that for a whole year afterwards. Wow. That's tough. And 32. So it wasn't since, you know, usually we don't get mammog start mammograms until 40. Can you imagine so, if you had waited? Yeah. So, so, so it was, it was something was, they noticed something and that's why you were sent. So the year and a half prior at my regular annual appointment, the doctor thought she had felt lumps on my left breast. And so she ordered a mammogram and ultrasound and biopsy. And that was my left breast. I did have a bilateral mammogram though. And it came back inconclusive because the younger you are, um, the denser the breast tissue is. And so when you're young at 32, 33 years of age, um, the tissue is very dense and that's hard to see through. 
And so the mammogram was inconclusive. So they had me do an ultrasound and a biopsy just to be safe. And well, the breast cancer happened to be on the opposite side. So, so it was a left that they tested, but it was on the right side. Right. The mammogram, I did have a right side mammogram, however, um, and it didn't show anything, but the, yeah, the left side that they were concerned about initially that prompted all of that testing has actually been fine all these years. I've never had any issues. Wow. Since. <laughs> well, thank goodness it did something so that they noticed the other side, right? Well, no, 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 the nothing, everything was clear. I was given a clean bill of health and I went away and it was um, a year and a half later that wow. I actually felt the tumor on my right mm -hmm. side myself. Wow. So that self-examination is super important. Very important. Yes. Yeah. Most women find their own breast cancers. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah, that's crazy. So how did thermography come into your life? So I learned about thermography after I had finished treatment. I thought there has to be a, a better way, a different way, a more effective way to find things at the earliest point. We don't want to wait for a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I learned about thermography and in our area, there weren't anyone, there weren't any thermographers. And so I had to travel down to South Florida to have a scan done. And it just so happened the lady I went to was also a breast cancer survivor, which had gotten her into thermography. And so I just picked her brain and I just asked her questions and I told her I was interested and I, I wanted to learn more because I saw the value in it not just for breast screening, but for full body screening um, and overall health. But because of my history, the passion was in the breast screening. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what started me um, in it is saying, you know, a mammogram and an ultrasound and an MRI, those are structural tests. Those will show you once a structure is there. Yeah. So what can detect it prior? What can show us that there's a concern, that there's a greater risk for developing it? And that's what I learned thermography's role is. That's okay. So that's, that, that's my next question too. Or, or I know since I have, um, I've experienced thermography myself. Uh, yes. for seven I years. am overdue she to go is see overdue. you. But so for those of you, so those that haven't heard the term thermography before. Can you just give a quick explanation to what it is? Yes. So thermography is a, is considered a digital infrared thermal image. And basically what that means is we are taking a picture with a thermal camera and we're capturing the heat patterns on the skin surface. Right. So everybody, every part of the body has a thermal patterns on the skin surface and they're presented when the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system are out of whack. They're out of sync. If everything's synced up good, then there's going to be good symmetry and not distinct thermal patterns. But when there's something off, such as increased vascularity, uh, physiological changes, metabolic changes, all of that creates a thermal pattern on the skin surface that alerts us that there's a problem. So when we're talking about breast health, we're looking at, is there physiological changes? Meaning is the tissue, is the skin tissue changing? Is there increased heat 
or is there lack of heat? Is there increased blood supply? Angiogenesis means the new formation of blood vessels. And when we see those things, those factors, that alerts us that there's a problem because that shows that there's probably breast cancer cells that are doubling. Breast mm -hmm. cancer cells double every 90 days. And so in order for them to double, they need to be fed and blood feeds them. So the new blood supply, the new blood flow there is what we're looking for. That's so, I mean, it's just That's amazing. So cool. Yeah. And that, so for, for also for people out there, their OBGYN might never have brought up thermography and never suggested thermography. So, uh, and I know mine hasn't. And when I say I absolutely want to do it, they're okay, saying, okay, but they don't know much about it. So is it a fairly new science or screening uh, or, or is it, you know, I mean, it's money runs everything and I'm sure it's not because I know the process is much easier and quicker than going to uh, either mm -hmm. ultrasound or uh, mammograms. So why is it that uh, a lot of providers are not, um, you know, suggestions, suggesting it? Well, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> so if we break it down to start off with a lot of providers, a lot of doctors aren't educated on thermography. They spend a very short amount of time, if any time, it might be like only a day of in all of med school of saying what thermography is. And, and in most cases, they're saying what its limitations are rather than sharing and explaining what its usefulness is. So they're undereducated on it. So they're not gonna recommend something they don't know much about. So it's on them to become educated on it. And so they can't help what they don't know. Yeah. So there's that component to it. The other component is somehow, some way, and if you follow the money, you'll figure it out. Um, mammograms became the gold standard. And when you look at the connection with mammograms and insurance and doctors, there's there's a strong connection. And so mammograms are considered the gold standard. Yeah. But thermography has been around for a long time. It's not anything new. It's just now in the last probably 10 years become more widely known, more in the alternative and holistic community, functional medicine integrative. Mm -hmm. And with that, and with thermographers like myself, going around and speaking and educating other people, the general populations become more aware of it. So it seems like it's new, even though it's not, it's just gaining more interest. Okay, that's great. I mean, and I, can I, since I've been doing this, I just have to, to well, first, before I do that, I just want to share my experience, but the, the thermo scans are read by doctors. So it's not just, you know, random people mm -hmm. reading these, right, Katie? These, these are evaluated by doctors. Correct. I am a clinical thermographer. Basically, I'm a glorified technician. I do the imaging. I do the intake. I do the paperwork. I've been trained to use the equipment just like a mammogram tech would an, or an yeah. ultrasound tech. I do the imaging and then I send it off to our doctors and we have hundreds of board certified practicing medical doctors mm -hmm. who do the interpretation and write the full detailed report. And the doctor's name is on the report that you receive. 
And one of the great things about our company is that if you take it to your provider and they have a question, say there's something concerning and they're like, you know, I'm not so sure about this. I would like to talk to this doctor who wrote it. They can talk doctor to doctor about yeah. that report. So that's a great service that we offer. That's great. So you just wonder if, if you know, it didn't, ultrasound didn't catch it, mammogram didn't catch it, biopsy didn't catch it. It's kind of foolproof that thermography caught it, that doctors would be like, well, let's just, why not give it a shot? I mean, it's-, well, it's I will say Mine has come to, since I've been strongly pushing this for the last, she's like, okay, we'll do that and ultrasound. Right. So that's the, so I, I'll, I'm just going to tell you about, since Ingrid still has not booked her appointment or thermography. So <laughs> any woman listening who's done thermography or mammograms know it's like the least popular thing on the planet. It's like, <laughs> that okay, and don't, it's, don't like, it's like, your yes. So it's, it's cold. It's degrading. It hurts. Well, surprised they see any tissue. It's been it's squished. It's just, it feels like it's just an evil man came up with this machine to squeeze women's boobs in. It's like heels. It's just, no, heels are still good. Heels is <laughs> not uh, No, it's just, it is that thousands of women go through this every day. It's just, if it was a man, if you were to examine the penis that way, there would have been a new invention a long time ago. We should do that. Ago. I'll get a member if you get. Anyway, so so having gone through that and, and also <laughs> full disclosure, I have lumpy breasts, meaning I have a lot of fibriotic tissue or cysts, um, which then makes you, them call you back or mm, again and again you, you for biopsies one. for ultrasound so it's a long process every time uh, which is nerve-wracking but the whole thing is just horrible then i schedule my appointment with thermography because i figured why not i'm going to try this out the experience is more like going to the spa you go in you have a li your little gown you sit and chat with katie the room is pretty. You open your gown. She takes some pictures in the dark. It's a heat scan, so she doesn't have to have lights on. And then you put your gown on and you oh, walk that out. Is, Katie, you didn't tell me that because I look really good in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> you me that. We all look See? really good. Right. No, Everyone looks good in the dark. <laughs> there's no coldness. There's huh. no nothing. The, 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 the invasive thing is you have to hold your hand, arms up. That is as oh. hard as it gets. So... For me, when first time I was like, is this it? We're done? That's it? So the, the difference could not be more day and night from mammograms. Then I also do ultrasounds, which of course everyone has done an ultrasound. It's not invasive. It doesn't hurt, but it just takes a long time. And yeah. But anyway, so for me now, my um, protocol is thermography and ultrasound. Because mammogram, when you have a lot of fiber and a lot of cysts it does not do that much. You got it. You're going to be sent to ultrasound yeah. anyway. 
So, um, yeah. Right. So it is important to have a structural test and mammograms, ultrasounds and MRIs are structural tests. And the reason is, is that they're looking for a structure that's there, a mass, a cyst, a calcification, a tumor, a fatty tumor, benign tumor, cancerous tumor. That's what those can detect. The issue is, is that if it's detecting a cancerous tumor, well, now you're diagnosed. Now you have cancer. You know, if you wait until one of those structural tests can de detect it. Whereas thermography, like I said, is looking at the changes before yeah. to see if there is tissue changes, physiological changes, increased vascularity that show you your risk factor. So that if there is a concern and you see something developing, you can stop it by changing your diet, doing supplements, uh, meeting with a naturopath, hormone therapy, de-stressing your life, exercise. There's a lot of things that you can do to reverse and stop cancer. And so that gives you the time to, thermography gives you the time to say, oh, there's a concern. Let's, let's be proactive and stop it rather than waiting to have a structural test where you can find that mass that's there and now you have a diagnosis. Yeah. But a structural <laughs> test is good to have in conjunction with thermography. The more testing you have every breast, the more ways you look at it, the better. Absolutely. All yeah. those tests look at the breast in a different way. So the more things you do, the better off you are. Yeah. No. So full disclosure too, since it's not covered by insurance yet, um, the cost for thermography, and of course, it depends on where in the country you are, but the, the sort of ballpark figures around, Katie, where are the uh, the costs associated with this? So it's usually for a breast scan between 175 and 225, mm -hmm. depending on the area that you live in. I charge 175 for the breast scan, and I think most thermographers in Central Florida are close to that. I think there might be some that might be in the 190s, but um, it's 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 close. Uh, of course, when you go to an area that has higher cost of living, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Yeah. But it's not outrageously expensive. It's yeah. like I don't know, a little more than a massage. So for right. me, it's a it's a not. I mean, that's definitely two hundred dollars that I I can invest once yearly to get that extra yeah. check in. I definitely highly. Yeah. And you can use your HSA card or flexible spending card to pay for it. And there is a national grant program that will reimburse. Um, it is based on income. However, it is pretty generous. But the point is there are grants available. So if finances are an issue, there are ways to find mm -hmm. money to cover it. That's awesome. Yeah. And All I right. think um, Katie and I spoke, I think last month, I think it was. So I have a I have money coming for the group the women uh -huh. oh yeah group, for the vet veterans. the veterans yeah and that's actually one of our, our oh needs, that's great to have wonderful everyone's gonna be scanned yeah so I will eventually be scanned yeah you should yeah you should we're yes. gonna have a booby party yeah a booby party <laughs> so yeah. one of the things our sponsor said was they really wanted this money specifically for women's wellness oh. Perfect. And I thought, oh, Katie, let's yeah, do this. That's great. Because I don't think any of them mm -hmm. have been scanned or yeah. any exams. Yeah. And a lot of people avoid. And I mean, I understand, not that I think it's smart, but I understand after having gone through 
you know, scans and, and biopsies and, and all that, that stress, I understand why some women just want to put their head in the sand and not even think about it, mm-hmm. which is terrible. At a sight, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, but it's still there. The problems are still there. You just aren't aware. So that's never good. It's just it's discomfort and uh, the issues with mammograms are just, it's not fun. I mean, there's a lot of things that are not fun. We can't just do fun things. But I think this is a great alternative. Um, and then what it. age? Because, Christina, you were telling me that 40. at 40, mm-hmm. I've been going to the gynecologist and she's hasn't said anything. And I'm cusping 45. So they've come out with a new age to start uh, mammogram screening. It's now at 50. Okay. And... Not going in vain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not all doctors are following it. Some are still going with the 45 age. The reason um, that I am assuming, I don't want to say it's factual, but I would assume the reason is the younger you are, like I said, the denser the breast Mm -hmm. tissue is. And mammograms have a hard time seeing through dense breast Mm -hmm. tissue. Mm -hmm. Imagine looking through a window that's foggy. You can see there's things out there. You can see there's shapes but you can't identify what it is. Um, That's kind of like a mammogram looking through dense breasts. But when you look out of a clear, clean window, you can see, oh, that's a tree. Oh, that's a dog. Oh, that's a fence. And you can identify what it is. Mm -hmm. And so women who don't have dense breast tissue, the mammogram's the most effective for that because it can clearly see cyst, calcification. Oh, this just looks to be like a fatty tumor. Um, But the denser the breast tissue is, the harder it is to see. And usually younger women have denser breast tissue. There are some older women that do, but usually it's younger women. And as you get older, the less dense the breast tissue is. Not size. Size does not matter. It's the density of the tissue. I think that's just room for more of what we talked about earlier about the money. Because if you think about it. And insurance don't have to cover it for 10 years. Yeah. So if you're you're waiting to 50, Mm -hmm. that means that at that point, at 50, chances are you probably already have Mm -hmm. cancer. That's crazy. So You know what I mean? If if your insurance is not covering mammograms, you should definitely do thermos scans before. But I, I mean, when I started, it was 40. So. That's when I started. Maybe doing. I can do a documentary when I go for mine. It's in the go. dark. Come on, Katie. We'll yeah. document it. <gasps> that be fun. I can do that. Just, <gasps> now, that's a different, that's a whole different podcast. Ingrid at the Thermography. <laughs> <laughs> I was a part of a documentary. I did scans for a documentary. So. Oh, yeah? Oh, see? Yes. We it was not. Listen between the mammogram and the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. my boob. You have no idea. Boob. It is terrible. <laughs> it, you look at it and it's like flat like a pancake and you're like, that can't be good. I don't I don't think all that pushing is good. I mean, uh, I'm I, not going to say I'm I not, am not medical, but I just forward not, yeah. to a mammogram. Anyway. So anyway. I have a question because I was or am a radiation therapist by trade. So are you saying that the possibility of finding the cancer in situ will be more likely on the thermography scan. Like right, like as the cells, like you said, when the, when it becomes more vascular, that's kind of where in situ comes in. 
So thermography does have its limitations, just like mammograms, ultrasounds, MRIs, do they all play their role? Okay. And thermography is um, also has its limitations. So what I will say is that if the cancer is not actively growing and actively being fed by the blood supply and having those physiological changes, thermography will not detect it because okay. it, there are a couple limitations to thermography. One is if a woman, so say a, an 80 year old woman comes to me and she's had a slow growing cancer for the last 20 years, that's not unheard of. That's very common. Um, it, breast cancer used to be called the old lady disease because of that. They would find a lump in their eighties and, and they probably had it for the last 20 years. It's very slow growing. It's usually estrogen driven. Um, so usually by that point, the body does not recognize it as, uh, forced to fight with as some external okay. object that needs to be, to be fought with. And so it's assimilated to the body and the blood flow has been established and there's nothing new there. It's, it's all connected and just acting as part of the body. So if that's the case, thermography will not detect it. Okay. Um, those are very rare. <laughs> I'll say that the percentage is extremely low. Um, the other one is uh, ductal carcinoma in situ DCIS. It's where the uh, cancer is encapsulated. So think of like a golf ball. Mm -hmm. You have a hard casing mm -hmm. and the inside is the activity, right? But mm -hmm. nothing's going out because you have that hard shell around it. Oh. There's no blood flow going there. There's no um, changes and basically DCIS used to be considered pre-cancer. Mm -hmm. It used to not be considered, um, now they call it cancer. They'll say, oh, you have stage zero cancer. Well, a DCIS. Well, I mean, no one wants to hear that, but really you can just remove it and everything's fine. So thermography would not detect that because there is no active blood flow. That mass is not growing. It's not changing. And honestly, could possibly stay in someone's body forever and not be harmful because it's not invasive. Okay. So but that's the, I mean, establishing that uh, yeah, baseline yeah. fairly early on mm -hmm. is, is great because then you right. Know right away. I mean, for me, since I've been going for, for years now, they, they're going to notice right away if there's a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, that's why I would say with starting out in the, in the early twenties is good and comparative scans every year. So every single scan you have done, they'll compare to every single previous one that you've had done. So if you've been doing thermography for 15 years, they're going to compare it to the last 15, every single one of them to see if there's any subtle changes to see if there's anything abnormal. So you know, I do get a lot of older ladies coming to me and that's great. And that's wonderful. Um, but let's the 85 year old woman who just starts out with thermography, there is a risk of not catching the slow growing cancer that's been assimilated in their body for a long time. But this is something for us to think about for our daughters. I mean, we both have teenage yes. daughters when they get into their twenties, this is something to start them with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like with any screening, I do believe with any screening, um, the earlier you start, the better. Um, 
I do. I have had some women who've come in and they've had their routine mammograms every year for the last 20, 30 years and thermography shows subtle changes and then they go in and get more testing done mm -hmm. and it shows it's cancer and they, they never had that before. And in the last 20 years, their mammograms are clear. So no test is 100 percent. And that's why self-examination is super important. Yeah. Unless you have lumpy breasts, because then it makes it harder. Yeah. <laughs> then you think everything is, right? <laughs> it's been a lot of like, oh my God, what is it? What? Yeah. So, sorry. That's a lot of details. Yeah. Oops. Well, I will tell you, Victor <laughs> had a scare. Oh, yeah. Victor oh, yeah, had, happens for men too. He actually okay. had surgery Oh. on both. Okay. Um, I want to say, actually, when I was in, when I was in school, because mm. he was like, oh, I have a lump. And I was like, you have a lump and that was right when i kind of started i was like oh wait i'm like you can get it huh. too yeah so he actually had to get them both removed they were benign mm -hmm. but they were a mess that he had a scan because he had gotten hurt playing football uh -huh. so when the scan came up they weren't there before so they took them both out they were pretty a good probably half a dollar size but they were both benign hmm. but that was scary because yeah. i was like I have found, uh, we have found abnormal changes on men's breasts that have been consistent with breast cancer. I, I do screen men. Uh, most of them come for the full body, which includes the breast area. I do the same protocol for men. And I've had some with a family history of breast cancer and they've come in and theirs have been at higher risk. So yeah, it is um, not as common, but they should not rule it out and say never me. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is awesome. So, Katie, I know that you have some great tips for. Now we talked about the screening and about what can we do in the world of prevention. What can we all do at home to make sure that we um, do what we can to prevent yes. this from starting in the first place? So there's a lot of things that you can start at to do at home. And I say start simply. And the first one I would say is to read labels and check everything that you're putting on your skin to make sure that it is toxic free, non-toxic, because especially your deodorant and lotions that you're putting on the breast area. Christina loves this topic because she just loves her antiperspirants. But I say ditch the antiperspirants. Yeah. They're full of aluminum and toxins that go straight to your lymph nodes. I have to walk like this if I didn't have it. Well, I mean, there are some new ones I'm going to try, but it, I've tried those those natural and I just can't. I mean, I sweat. But you, you had some recommendations mm -hmm. on some. I do. Yes. So Schmitz is one that you can buy at Walmart or Target. I've used it myself. It works pretty well. It's not my favorite, but it does work. Here's the thing with natural deodorant. You do have to reapply. It's not like you can apply in the morning and go the rest of the day. We live in Florida. It's hot. Yes. It's humid. You sweat. Not the, best, not the best state for natural deodorant. No, right? But also, here's the other thing. I know we don't like to sweat but it's really good for you. It yeah. cleans out your system. It removes those toxins. So if you keep yourself from sweating in your underarms, what you're doing is you're storing those toxins that your body wants to get rid of That's in true. your underarms. And then where are they going to go? To your lymph nodes. Yeah. So yeah. sweating it out is good. Good point. Yeah. Another one is um, 
Yeah, you can have a fan under each arm. <laughs> or just embrace that we live in Florida and everyone has sweaty pits. Just as long, we just don't want them to smell. That's so, right. I don't, uh, I don't worry so much about the sweating part. It's the smelly part. The smelly part, yes. Okay. So this is another one. It's called Lemongrass Spa. It's actually my new favorite right now. I really, really like it. Um, this one you buy from distributors, you would have a representative for it. It's very affordable. It's great. There's, I think Christina mentioned before, Lumi, um, you yeah. can buy, and I've heard great things about it. I've been thinking about trying it, Me too. but I just haven't. Every commercial. So here, here's the thing with Lumi is that it's a cream. So you can apply it to your underarms, but here's another tip because we're all females. You can apply it under the breast tissue because it's a cream. And that can keep the breast sweat and smell away. And probably on your every, feet too. No, everywhere. They, they say like your thighs, your inner thighs, yeah. anything that like yeah, Okay. I'm going to buy, I'm going to try it. Yeah. But we'll, we'll link all of these that you're mentioning. Um, well, the stinky areas you can apply it to. Now, I have not used it, so I don't know if it works, but that's what people I'll have do. to try that. I, I will give it, I'll give it another shot, I promise. <laughs> yes, I will do that. So here's another one that I think is great. It's called a detoxifying pit mask. Just like you do a charcoal mask for your face mm -hmm. to clear out the impurities, this yeah. pit mask is exactly that for your underarms. And you apply it just like you would. You get your underarms wet, you apply it, you let it dry, you let it sit, then you wash it off. And that pulls the toxins out of your underarms, out of the lymphatics. It's um, really, really good and can help you when you switch from an antiperspirant to a natural deodorant, you're going to go through a detoxifying phase <laughs> and you're going to smell. You're going to smell more. It's getting all those impurities out. After a couple of weeks, that goes away, and then you're good to go. But the pit detox can really help speed up that process and get those toxins out to help you not be so That was a great commercial, Katie. You <laughs> <laughs> stick for a couple of weeks, but this detox. But I wonder, I wonder if you could use, because with Mary Kay, there, we have a charcoal mask. That's what I use. I wonder if you can use it in the armpits. I, I would not do it. I'm going to try that. Charcoal is so good for everything. It's good for your teeth. It pulls it out. Yeah. For the feet mm, too. Good. I'm going to try that. Really good. So speaking of the lymphatics, so yeah. the lymph nodes are so important because they filter the blood. So you have so many lymph nodes in your underarms and breast area and all the blood that goes through your body, it circulates through, goes through the lymph nodes and the lymph nodes clean the blood. Well, if those lymph nodes get congested and full of toxins, all that blood that's going through it is going to be just taking that junk all throughout your body. So you don't want that. Yeah. So there's a lymphatic cream that also helps support the lymph nodes to keep it from getting congested and stopped up. This one I use, it's a Rocasa is the brand, but Earthly, the one that also does the pit detox, they also have a good lymphatic cream. And what I do is I apply it every night to my underarms and breast area. And it's just a cream that has a bunch of good, yummy products uh, essential oils and other things to support the lymph nodes to keep them clear and clean and flowing so that that 
junk doesn't get stuck there and get spread out throughout the body. Great idea. Yeah. yeah. Bed on at night. I never knew they had huh. lymph, lymph cream. I didn't either. That's <laughs> yep. And so um, those are all things that you can do. Another way to support the breast health is a dry skin brush. Mm -hmm. yeah. You taught me that at that talk mm -hmm. years back. Yeah. And there's, I, you would have to YouTube the, the way to do it. There is a certain way where you stroke the breast and the underarms to kind of get it moving and flowing. That's something you can do at home. Of course, be sure to jump in the shower when you're done to get, wash all those toxins off because you don't want to get it moving and then get it stuck on your skin and have it go right back in. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it feels great dry brushing is great for mm -hmm. so many things circulation and mm -hmm. dead skin cells and all that yeah right. that's really great use a whole body you can use it on your whole body i've just been worried though because maybe mine is hard but i i wouldn't want to do it on my the breast area i thought that was too delicate i kind of do it everywhere so else. you want a firm you want a firm brush yes. uh -huh. but you don't want it to hurt so like this one i don't like i actually don't use this one it's the one i use for examples it's too hard so uh -huh. when i rub it on my skin uh -huh. it hurts okay so you want it a little bit softer and gentler okay. but um you do want it firm but you don't want it to scratch you so if you get a good one you shouldn't have you should be fine using it on your breast yeah. okay well i mean but mine is a little hard i'll get another yeah. one yeah okay hmm. And then one last thing that I do, these are all of my personal things that I do myself. Um, I use frankincense essential oil and I apply it to my underarm and breast area every single morning. So after my shower and I'm lotioning up with oils, good healthy oils, I put a little bit of frankincense in and I rub it all over my breast and underarm area. Frankincense has been known to kill cancer cells from skin cancer to breast cancer, remove um, make lumps smaller. It, it helps with the circulation and it's just really good. There's so many benefits. You it. can mix that in your body lotion. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Huh. I just put a drop of it in and just rub it all over. It's expensive. So I usually only, usually only use it on my breast area instead of my okay. whole body, but you okay. can, if you have a sunspot that you think uh -huh. might be cancerous, Apply it directly on that. It's really good at uh, reversing skin issues. Okay. My husband, he always. Well, he's had also good for yeah. headaches too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just expensive. So I'm like, I don't know if I want a headache or I want expensive frankincense. <laughs> it does last a long time. So, you know, if you, you know, use it sparingly oh, for headaches. Yeah. Usually with those oils, you don't need. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, just a little drop yeah. and it goes a long ways. And that's why I say you can put it directly on your skin, but that's why I say put it in oil be, mm -hmm. or a lotion because one drop then can be spread over a large area. Yeah. Whereas if you're just applying it directly to the skin, that one drop absorbs in and you can't yeah. really spread it around. Yeah. So you end up using Great. it. Great. So dry brushing, lymph cream, frankincense, pit, pit detox, pit, pit <laughs> detox, and trying natural. Yeah. Those are great tips that we can all do. Yeah. Yes. And then I'll get some links if you have them for some of the products. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll post it on the show notes so our listeners can. And and we. And we. <laughs> <laughs> of course, exercise and good diet are all super important to supporting 
breast health, but overall health, you know, taking your supplements, keeping your immune system up. Um, everyone has cancer cells floating around in their body and it's the immune system's job to fight it. And when you get a weakened immune system from stress or poor eating or sickness, that's what gives the cancer those that ground to grow. So yeah. really good sleep habits and um, a healthy lifestyle is just really important to preventing. Sleep disease. habits, Ingrid. Yes. I'm trying. Yes. She's getting better. She's getting better. Yeah. But all those inflammations in your body, keeping the sugars low, all yes. of that, avoiding those uh, insulin spikes, that all helps as well. Yeah. It's hard being human. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard being healthy. Yes. 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 It's, be, it's hard being a healthy human. Yes. Sasha would be so No, but I me. say you got to pick your heart. Yeah. Right. We've talked about that before. It is hard to try to avoid all those things, but going through cancer is also hard. So pick your heart. Right? It is. Yes. I, you know, every year when I come around on my uh, annual of yeah. the year anniversary of my diagnosis, it's it's pretty hard. That's in May. And I usually get pretty emotional around that time. Just those memories come back and it's, it's a, uh, you know, not just what I went through, but my family. I had three little kids at the time, my yes. husband, my parents. It, it, was, it was very hard. And so, yes, pick your heart. Choose to do the hard things now to prevent it because going through breast cancer is much harder. It's not the end. I call it a bump in the road. It's a part of my journey and my story. Yes. But it was a hard part for sure. Yeah, and thank goodness you're here and being able to share and educate the rest of us. Yeah, you always wonder why you go through things, but that was your journey and your story, yeah. and now you're helping. Right, and because so many. of you, now we know about thermography. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Love it. So then, so for our listeners, how can they find you? Like, what? How do they get a hold of you? So I do have a website. It's thermographyofbrevard.com. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a Facebook page and Instagram page, which is the same, Thermography of Brevard. And um, I try to keep those pretty active of sharing informational things about thermography and overall health, mm. as well as, you know, any tips that I, I learn along the way or information from doctors that I find. So that's a good thing to follow um, the Facebook and and. Instagram. The website is just the general information on where I'm located. I have my main office is in Melbourne. I have an office in Vero Beach. Mm -hmm. I go to Fort Pierce quarterly. I even travel to Virginia to do scans. Mostly I'm here in Central Florida. And yeah, but if people are living elsewhere, but curious they can still go on your website and kind of check out what it is right and if they live elsewhere and they need to find a thermographer near them if they reach out to me i send them the link and they can type in their address or their zip code and it will tell them where a thermographer is right close to them that's great or they can just come see you and or they can come see me right exactly. here have a vacation get your dog checked out and go on your merry way perfect <laughs> Well, thank you, Katie, for taking your time, sharing your wisdom and knowledge and experience with us. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.